In today's episode, we are going to share with you the most important parenting strategy. I think you're going to learn a lot on this one, so join us today. Welcome to the Art of Raising Humans. Hello, and welcome to episode 84 of the Art of Raising Humans. I'm Kyle. And I'm Sarah. And welcome to fall. I hope you have a uh, pumpkin spice latte, maybe, right? Or maybe you're all pumpkined out. Maybe a pumpkin muffin, maybe. Would that be good? Maybe. Some really good fall flavor. Some kind of some kind of pumpkin thing. Apple. We, we love the fall, right? Yeah. We love a good apple crisp. So I hope you're enjoying the fall air. What we're going to talk about today, um, you know, we watched this interesting TED Talk recently, Sarah. You know, this TED Talk uh, by Dr. Becky Kennedy. And she titled it, had a, it grabbed my attention right away. She titled it, The Most Important Parenting Strategy. It's kind of catchy, right? Yeah, very well titled. So it drew me in, Sarah. And and as I watched it, I thought, man, I really want to talk about this more with you and with our listeners, because I I think it, I mean, there's a lot of really important things you need to know as a parent, right? Like connections, really important. Yeah. Yeah. Attachment, you know, resolving conflict, all those kind of things. All kinds. Yeah. Yes. But but, uh, the one that she really emphasized was the need for repair. Mm hmm. Yeah. It was, it's an excellent TED talk. And I, I mean, we agree. We talk about repair quite a bit. Anytime there's, we'll get into this later, but with rupture, that's something that you and I have spent a lot of time getting better at, yep. understanding, seeing the impact of repair and relationship. So, yeah. And the reason I, why I thought it was, great. I thought it was so important to talk about Sarah is I see so many parents who want things to change. And I know we've talked about this in other podcasts, but I thought this was a unique way to approach it is so many of them want the behavior to change. It's a behavior that keeps happening over and over and over and over again. And yet there's no repair being hap- happening, you know, or the repair mm-hmm. is a quick apology or something like that. Right. And and there's, I really want to emphasize today as we talk about it, then how important the repair is to actually bringing about long lasting change in the relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Because something I know that's going to happen in every relationship I have, in our marriage, in our parenting and friendships, is ruptures are going to happen, right? That's inevitable. Yes. And by ruptures, what do we mean by that? What does ruptures mean? Well, that's when you have a conflict and there's, I mean, from my words for it, are just the break in the relationship where you feel that space between you and you know one or both of you are not okay right now. And it hurt your, that, that conflict hurt your relationship. And I think, I think we can know it in our head, but we feel it. We feel that distance grow between us, between you and your child. And that's the rupture. Yeah. And so that can happen. How, what can cause ruptures? I mean, the way I think of ruptures is me yelling, getting Mm -hmm. really angry, Mm -hmm. you know, um, intimidating if I'm mad at all. Right. What's some other ways ruptures can happen? Yeah. I think, um. When one person kind of takes power over the other person, mm-hmm. I think that that creates that rupture. Um, uh, I think a withdrawal of love creates mm-hmm. that rupture. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're giving them that stone wall, yes. you know, that cold yes, totally. withdrawal, I think yeah. that creates rupture. Yeah. So, so anytime what you're saying, Sarah, you feel, I mean, the rupture is a good word. And I know I think yeah. Dr. Siegel yeah. uses that a lot. Uh-huh. There's a rupture. There's, there's like this, uh, 
toxicity that gets put in the relationship, you can feel this distance, right? Like, mm -hmm. like e either you're pushing the person away. And once again, we're, we're going to use this, like Dr. Becky Kennedy talks about that we're going to talk about today in the parent child relationship. But this is true. If you're listening to your marriage, to any kind of yeah. relationship you have is you're either pushing them away or you're kind of withdrawing from them. Right. Would you yeah. say that's the case? Yeah. Maybe they've hurt you. So you're pulling back to be safe. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. Or you know, yeah, just like, or you're attacking, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So in both those and, cases, well, real yeah. quick, I, I think probably for the listener, you can think real quick of times where rupture, you're maybe you've had it in a in a friendship, and your friend said something, and you lost that relationship because of it, or yeah. maybe you yeah. said something, and yeah. and now that relationship is that's a rupture where it's just never. That's the worst, you know, worst case. You've lost the relationship and it now doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. There is no relationship. So I want you to think about a moment where that's happened, you know, as the listener, when that's happened with your kid or any other any other relationships in your life where there this distance has grown. You mm -hmm. you it has become toxic or yeah. and so maybe they don't even know that this rupture happened. You know, you might have just withdrawn and been less open. You know, I can think yeah. of as I'm saying a lot of different times. But I know in particular for us, um, the examples I'm thinking of, Sarah, are times Man, there's times when, when they were really young where I get really mad about food and them not eating the food. That would be frustrating. Yeah. Or not cleaning the room or not not doing a task fast enough. I know, mm -hmm. if, man, with me and Brennan, lots of times I get really upset because he would get really slow and not do things as fast as I'd like. And I was in a rush because I had a to-do list or a checklist. So mm -hmm. I would raise my voice and get really mad. And um, and then you could feel this. I, I, almost, I almost was pushing them away. And you could feel there's a distance the rest of the day. Yes. Like the relationship is not yeah. the same. Yeah. Right. And and I think, you know, for adults, even in marriage, you know, eventually that leads to divorce mm -hmm. or, yep. you know, but it's different. And I want to highlight this with children because they can't just do that. Your yeah. four-year-old, your eight-year-old, even your teenager. Yeah. I mean, teenagers sort of kind of can, sure. but they can't just go live in a different house now. Yeah. You yep. know, I mean, they're they're kind of stuck in this relationship yeah. with you. Yeah. So rupture sort of does different things. And because they're children, and we'll probably get to this later, the way that they think about it and we yeah. think about it is different. Yeah. And I love that you point that out because, Sarah, I'm thinking almost all the kids, especially the, the, man, the teenagers, uh, this is so important because you see over time, rupture after rupture after rupture yeah. after rupture and the toll and none of them have been repaired yeah you know the toll it um, takes and so the kid yeah. eventually just the distance gets further and further and further yeah. you know like we've talked about in previous podcasts they kind of close the door more and more and more and so then every time they're with you as the parent they're more and more closed off less and less open and receptive to you yeah. because the way the brain works is when these ruptures happen there's a story that starts to develop and they just those that one moment backs up all these other stories and pretty soon that becomes a narrative you know right. the narrative is this is how you see me because mm -hmm. there's never been a repair to help change that story right yes the story is you're not good enough the story is i don't like you when you're like that or yeah. you know until you get yourself cleaned it's conditional up conditional love yeah, yeah. you know it's like oh I, now oriented. i'm yeah. now i'm lovable Oh, now I'm not lovable. Yeah. And I want to point out, and I think Dr. Kennedy did a great job of this on the TED Talk, that a repair is different than an apology, right? Yes. It's, I loved that highlight. Yeah. 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 Oh, how's it different? How's it different than an apology? Well, an, uh, we all know an apology, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm sorry. I raised my voice at you. And, and then you just, oh, maybe they forgive you. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, you've often felt that apology and you're like, I don't actually feel any better right, right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you, yeah. but things are not okay. Yeah. Yeah, and sometimes in those apologies, Sarah, I mean, I know 
maybe you haven't done this, but I know I've, and I bet these listeners have, where I'm sorry that this and this happened, but if you yes. hadn't done that, yeah, that yeah. then I never would have done it's that. Still, where it's still sort of putting the responsibility, I only did it because of you. Yeah, if you had just done the dishes when I asked, I mean, but I am uh, sorry how I reacted to that, right? Yeah. And so I think a lot of us are used to that with parents giving these conditional type things or even, and you know. And even yeah. if we don't directly say it, mm-hmm. it's threaded in there in yeah. our tone or look or because we haven't actually done the repair. Yes. The apology leaves that sitting there. Yes. So a repair is different. It's not just about an apology, even though an apology may be part of the repair. Mm -hmm. It is about changing behavior. So we want to get into that a a little bit more. But I I loved what she had to say about how repair is this integral part of the parenting strategy that you're doing. You've got to get good at repair because without that repair, there can't be growth and change. But lots of us beat ourselves up. When there's a rupture, right? Mm-hmm. And that's why we don't do the repair because mm-hmm. of the shame and the, the self anger we have towards ourselves as parents. Like we just beat ourselves up that we just acted like such a jerk to our kids, you know? Yeah. But I loved how she said, you can't have the repair without the rupture. So, so to, to, I, I think that really hit me, Sarah, because I think early on in my parenting, when I was learning all this knowledge about how to be a better parent, it was like, oh, I can't have ruptures. Mm-hmm. You know, and the goal was not to have ruptures. Mm-hmm. Instead of the goal was to know what to do when you have the rupture. Yeah. 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 I mean, you don't want the rupture. Mm-hmm. And and maybe as you build your skills and maybe you'll have fewer, but ruptures are part of relationship and they're going to be in every relationship. Yeah. So to just think that you're going to avoid that, it's not, it's not going to happen. So just accept, okay, sometimes I'm going to mess up. Sometimes there's going to be a rupture. Now what can I do? Yeah. Best case scenario. So I'll give a quick example. I want the listener to be thinking of an example when you've caused a rupture. An example that comes to mind real quick is our oldest daughter can be forgetful at times and she can leave things, specifically her water bottle. (laughs) So she can leave (laughs) her expensive water bottle, if you know what I mean. I know you, you know what I'm talking about. She can leave that places, and then we spend a lot of time. And this goes back way into childhood, Sarah. If you remember, she used to have these cloths that she liked, and she had some of them when she was a little kid. They're almost like, like a comfort a, like thing. Like a blanket. A blanket. Yeah, type. Yeah. And she would leave those. She originally had like nine of them, <laughs> and like yeah. she kept losing them. And there was many nights when she was three or four years old where I was taking a trip back to where we had been and she had dropped them somewhere. So yeah. there, there was this narrative in my mind, this anger building up of like, why do you keep losing stuff? I'm so sick of this. They're so important to you. Yes, that's right. You, you, you act like they're you're dying <laughs> if you forget them. So so the water bottle is just this next thing that was constantly being <laughs> I forgotten. Didn't know, I didn't know this was going back it's so deep, far for it's you. It's so deep for me. And <laughs> so then I would blow up at her and get really mad and definitely would cause a rupture because I was so tired of it. I feel like when is this going to yeah. change? So yeah. for me, I would I, th- that's an example of where she, I would find out about it and I would quickly turn around and attack and be like, what is your problem? How do you keep forgetting this? You know, mm-hmm. and get really mad. And that's an example of a rupture between her and I, right? Okay. I don't know if you have an example at all of a, a rupture. When I got caught up in your rupture. Um, <laughs> probably, maybe when I've asked for something to be done and I feel like I've really set the stage and I've supported and this is given the time to get it done, whatever task it might be. And, and then they go to do it and I'm thinking, okay, yeah, it's been whatever amount of time they should be done. Now I go and check and nothing's been done. No, you do get upset about (laughs) that. I I think everybody does. Every parent gets upset. Yes. (laughs) 
They're like, does my voice matter? Do you care yeah. about what I say? And so, I think there's a piece of me that feels like, oh, I need to make it uncomfortable. So they're yes. motivated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that probably goes back to my childhood. Well, we yeah. won't get into all that, but, yeah. you know, about where did the story start? But uh -huh. I think there's a piece of me that thinks, oh, they have to be uncomfortable to be motivated to do this thing. Yeah. And so I That's think great. we get, the, well, as adults, we think there yeah. must be, we've got to make them, pay, you know, there has to be some well, discomfort. Well, and, and, and that, so she talks about how in that moment, Sarah, and we know this to be true, but I'm hoping that wording it this way will help our listeners and you know, be able to just envision this differently. In that moment, the kid is in a state of distress. Mm -hmm. And I mean, you can imagine that if you remember as a little kid, that was scary when your parents were upset at you because <laughs> you had no idea what was going to happen, you know? Yeah. And and so the kid needs to get back to feeling safe and secure because it doesn't feel good to be in this state of distress, you know? Right. And, 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 and so if we don't help the kid do that repair, then the kid's going to have to rely on their own coping skills, you know, mm -hmm. and and just like you do, like like for instance, if, if there's a big fight in the marriage or friendship, you've got to rely on these co. And typically, our coping skills sound something like this: "There's something wrong with me. I make bad things happen. Mm -hmm. I'm unlovable." And that's especially true for children. Especially yeah. true yeah. for children. I'm such a bad when kid. They're, when yeah. when they're looking at is it you or me? Yeah. Kids are going to default to it's me. Yeah. 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 And, and Sarah, she you shared this quote. I had to look it up because I didn't know this person. But a quote by Ronald Fairbairn. I, I guess. Yeah, yeah, I don't know that name either. I, I looked it up. He's, he, it, yeah, he's yeah. a psychologist. But so, so Ronald Fairbairn had this really good quote. So I want, I want to say it and let you. In that moment, I, I want you to be thinking about this quote in, in regards to your kid doing this self blame. Is the quote is it's better to be a sinner in a world ruled by God than to live in a world ruled by the devil. And that just really, I thought, was well said, that you can mm -hmm. picture the kid is saying, it's better for me to be the bad person. If I blame myself, then the parent is still good and my mm -hmm. world can be ruled by God in a good way. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, if I start to point the finger at you and say what you did was not good, mm -hmm. then now my world is ruled by the devil, right? And mm -hmm. this fear of like, I, that's not going to feel safer. It's yeah. actually going to feel safer to blame myself. To, to tell me that I'm responsible for what yeah. you just did. Yeah. Right? And, and I, a flood of stories goes through in mind yeah. having worked with kids and even kids who have come out of really, really hard situations and, and events that have Really happened. abusive situations, yes. right? Where they yeah. blame themselves almost like and they, they deserve that, to be hit and they deserve I've to be yelled at. I've seen this happen yes. over and over yeah. and over and over again yeah. where they take that on themselves. Even if to us parents, it doesn't look like it. Yeah. Because the parents may feel like, well, all they have to do is this and this. They're doing it themselves. They don't care about me. They yeah. don't, you know, whatever you're telling yourself, that's not what's happening inside of them. Yeah. You know, they are doing this. It I'm all, yeah. messed up. It always I'm, surprises me, Sarah, because mm -hmm. especially when it's so obvious, it's us. <laughs> like I'm they're, thinking they're myself. They're saying, I'm unlovable. I'm unlikable. There's something yes. wrong with me. It can never get better. Well, I'm sure I'm the listeners, broken. I'm sure the listeners have experienced this, Sarah, where you've blown up at the kid and the kid mm -hmm. later on, when you do try to come back mm -hmm. and reconnect with them, they'll say something like, I just felt like you didn't love me. You know? Yeah. And yeah. Th th that's the, if the obvious reason why you didn't love me is because I'm unlovable, you know? Yeah. And so, so man, I'm always so surprised that they take it so personal, you know? Cause I, in my mind, I'm thinking it's obvious <laughs> I'm the one in a bad mood. It's obvious I'm the yeah. one who's stressed right now. 
it's not your fault. You don't deserve to be talked to this way, but they believe they do. They think I do deserve to be spoken to this way. I do yeah. deserve to be yelled yeah. at this way. You I know? brought this on. Yeah. And so she said this, that she followed up that quote with this idea that it's adaptive for a child to internalize badness and fault because then they can believe their parents and the rest of the world is good. So it's yeah. actually an adaptive skill to then internalize themselves as the badness, as the fault, mm -hmm. so they can live in the rest of the world that is good. And this is adaptive for kids, uh, but they, but you know that has become so detrimental for us as adults. Like you even talked about your response to them not doing what you're saying, right? Mm -hmm. My response to them losing. I guarantee other adults did that to me when I was a kid. That yeah, I, yeah. I, I know, I, I, I just school teachers, yeah. church, other leaders in your life, coaches. Whoever. Well, 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 and I'll just say something a little secret to you and to our listeners. I just left my <laughs> wallet at a store the other day, <laughs> and and I. I'm I'm sure I, I I'm old enough now where I don't yell at myself about that. Yeah. But yeah, I I that's exactly what my daughter <laughs> did. But I left my wallet with all my credit cards and money and license, yeah. and, and I was just I'd been sitting on a couch and I left it there. And I don't think beating myself up about it's going to be helpful, you know. Right. But if but if our daughter had left her wallet with all that money, it would be hard not to want to get mad about it, yeah. right? And yeah. to think, oh, I need to really get on to you about that, right? Yeah. So I, I just thought that was a really powerful way of saying this, that, that, that that's why we do it as adults, because it's an adaptive skill we wired our brain to, mm -hmm. to, to default to when mm -hmm. we mess up, right? And yeah. it doesn't serve us. A lot of adults think, you know, you carry that into adult life and I messed up. No one wants, you know, even it's hard to build friendships. Oh, it must be me. Yes. I'm, you know, yeah. uh, I'm weird. Yeah. Or I'm somehow, yeah, something's yeah, wrong with some, me. Some, yeah. And in the workplace, we yep. carry it with us where we have those messages still going through our heads. And we know as adults, they don't help me. Yeah. And, and so I, I, I hope, man, I, I want that. I want to kind of really encapsulate that, Sarah, that the reason why these stories, the stories like I make bad things happen, I'm unlovable, I'm not good enough, there's something wrong with me, I'm too... These stories happen when we are left alone in these moments without any repair. Yeah. That's what makes those stories seem to and, be true. And that's where just saying, I'm sorry, though kind and meant mm -hmm, to mm -hmm. help, doesn't change that narrative. You know, that still yeah. stays in there without the repair. Yeah. And that's the just the, sh the shortcomings of an apology, even yeah. well-intentioned. Yeah. And what I've noticed too, Sarah, over time, because these stories become true— Man, by the time kids come to see me, sometimes they're eight, nine, 10, 11. The parents will say they don't want to follow up after an event because mm. the kid, I think, is scared that this story is just going to be backed up. Yeah, by that validated. Conversation. Yeah. yeah, that they don't. I mean, and, really, and they have so much shame over yeah. how broken they are. Why would they want to talk about yeah. that? Why? Yeah. I don't want to talk about it because they're just trying you know they feel so bad about yeah, they, themselves well, actually they just Who want, wants to have that conversation they want to forget about it they want yeah. it to go away no yeah. why are you bringing this up again yeah. just drop it you know yeah. i already and, realized yeah. i'm really bad can we just move on and so that's where if your kids are younger i want you to realize like that becomes hard to undo later on not to say it ever is too late yeah and it's but not it does, it's not yeah, ever and, too and late and we'll get to that but but i want to say doing it when they're younger and them getting into the habit of the repair being a part of this stuff they, mm -hmm. they can go oh cool we'll follow up and, and I like how Dr. Kennedy said, when you repair here, you add safety, you add connection, you add coherence, you add love and goodness. Mm -hmm. These things all come as a result of the repair. And actually repair, I mean, get this, Sarah, the repair can change the past. Yeah. Repair can change the past. Yeah. How does it do that? How so, does repair change the past? Well, we stack up these stories in our head. Mm -hmm. So if I 
left my my little blanket yes. <laughs> when I'm three, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then left my water bottle at school at five, yeah. and then left. Yeah. Right, and I'm so broke. I'm so messed up. What's wrong with me? Those that's a you know, and other stories would pile on that too. I'm yes. just going to use that one sure. as an example. But over time, all those stories build up in our minds. Our minds are gigantic file cabinets, yeah. and things get filed away. And so without that repair, that file stays there. But with the repair, the brain is so cool because it pulls in all that stuff at once. So what can harm us is all that stuff is pulled in when something bad happens, it piles in with all the rest. But the same thing happens with the repair where it goes in and starts to heal all those other ones as well. It can clear out the whole file drawer and and not just that one story. And, And I don't mean to go too deep, but I'm thinking as you're saying, I think it repairs the story in me too. You know, mm-hmm. that that story about Abby, I've had a story for a long time that I'm sure ha- connects to a story within me, right? Mm-hmm. About forgetting things and, and making sure you remember stuff and, mm-hmm. you know, and that if I go repair with her, it actually helps me understand and heal that within her, but also heal that within me. Yeah. Which is really cool. Because when I forget, it's yeah. also okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so I think that's a really powerful concept that I love that idea of repair because then mm-hmm. my own kid through their imperfections mm-hmm. are helping me be okay at being imperfect mm-hmm. you know it's actually creating that cohesion in yeah you yeah that's so too. good you know here's some simple steps if you're wanting to do this which i think be a great step you know to start doing today over this fall and and, and start really implementing this into the holidays is you must first repair with yourself. So this is one I had to get good at, Sarah, because I was really good at beating myself up quite a bit mm-hmm. that I can't offer repair if I'm not doing it with myself. Um, and, and she kind of words it this way of just saying, I may not be proud of my behavior, um, but my but my behavior doesn't define me. Right. Yeah. That, that's the important yeah. distinction is I'm not proud of what I did. I'm it's not like you're patting yourself. Like, oh, well, you, you, yeah, whatever. You know, in the moment you do what you do. Right. I mean, it's, no, I'm I'm not happy with how I did it. I'm not pleased with how I acted, mm-hmm. but you've got to separate what you did from who you are. I loved how she said, uh, sometimes people think, oh, you're just letting yourself off the hook. Yes. Yeah, 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 and she yeah. said, no, you're actually putting yourself on the hook because mm-hmm. <laughs> you're actually saying, this is what I did. Yeah, yeah. But separating that from, this is not me, because yeah. that's where people feel like, well, you're just letting yourself off the hook. Yeah. You're not, you know, you got a 50 lashes totally. or something. Yeah. Well, Becky Bailey does a good job talking about that with positive intent. Mm-hmm. It actually allows you when you do this, it allows you to take responsibility for what you've done. Yeah. Right. And so and then then at, I, at the point of doing that, Sarah, is to separate your identity from the behavior, you yes. know, which I, going important. back, I'm sure every listener can. When you have that story, like I started to have a a, a story about Abby that Abby can't remember things. Mm-hmm. Abby is forgetful and forget stuff. Right? And mm-hmm. this really narrative was going in there. That's unfair to her because she remembers a lot of things. She doesn't yeah. lose everything. Yeah. She, the, the amount of stuff she doesn't lose and, far and away is the stuff she you're does. putting a label on yes. this person as something instead of just someone who does something. Yeah. They are that very thing. Yeah. So it's really important to separate identity from behavior. Then once you've done that with yourself, then you can repair with your child. Okay. Mm-hmm. And she, she gives a few steps. You know, she even says this is kind of like you can take these steps or, you know, you can move them around. But naming what happened, you know, this is, I think these steps are what we do. You know, we yes. name what yeah, happened. Here, here's what happened. Yeah. 
And then I take responsibility for my part in that, right? Mm-hmm. And then we talk about what we'll do different next time. You know, mm-hmm. with clients in, in the practice there, I talk about watching the game film. This is kind of like, let's go back, let's watch the game yep. film. Yep. I use that kind of idea. It's like good quarterbacks. They go watch the film, even if they've mm-hmm. thrown five, five interceptions or five touchdowns, mm-hmm. they watch the game film and they go back and say, what would I like to do differently? How would I like to play better next time, right? Yeah. And then maybe even you act it out. You know, I, I'd love it and with the example of Abby forgetting the water bottle. Let's go back and do that again. Let, let, let's do a retake and let's see how we could do that differently, you know? Mm-hmm. So then now the kid's seeing a different story, a different way this ending could have happened, you know? And man, if, if, if parents do that piece, you see growth and change happening pretty quickly yeah. because now the kid is receptive. The story isn't guiding the narrative. Instead, you're able to repair and heal the story in you and in them. And the, a new outcome starts to yeah. be created, you know? And, and start with, don't start with what they could do different. Start yes. with what you could do different. Yeah, yeah. First, make sure that they know you're owning your your side. So, let's if you yell at them, I don't care what they did. You're you yelling at them was you was yeah. on you, mm-hmm. and you need to own that first because you could have really had a lot of different reactions. Yeah. You could have cried, you could have clapped for yeah. them, yeah. or you could have just been like, "Oh, you did leave that. Okay, what can we do about that?" You know, you really could have. So, you need to make sure you're owning that part first because it's going to be hard for them to move into that learning or skill building. Yeah. If that's hanging out there, any of that message of I'm broken, I'm bad, you're mad at me, you hate me, I'm unlovable. If that's still in there, they're not going to be really in a learning space. So make sure you've owned that, that that's fully repaired. And you can go back to our earlier episodes, episode one, two, three, where we talk about the brain is the repair helps get the kid and you to the prefrontal cortex. Uh And that's where skills can be taught and learned. So that's the power of repair. If we don't do repair, if the rupture stays there, the toxicity is there, no learning is happening. Mm -hmm. It's actually going to make it more likely that behavior continues to persist in you and in them. You know, like Mm -hmm. I like that saying, what you resist will persist. Yeah. Right. The more you resist that, instead of just accepting it, going back, repairing it, and then choosing to figure out a different way of doing it. Mm-hmm. That's the only way the skill happens. You know? and, and it's awesome to see if you're doing that, just like anything, you show them how to ride a bike, you show them how to do all these other things. If they see you doing that, they're going to feel safer and they're going to feel more able to then also eventually own their part. Yeah. You know, if they're, yep. if they're, if this is new for your family, it may take them a while to feel like now I can take responsibility too. But if they see you consistently taking responsibility, then they'll also feel that that models for them and they go, oh, yeah, well, and this is my part of it. Yeah. So and good. you'll see that reciprocated. Yeah, and that's how things change. That's how the skill happens. Um, and I love that she ended, Sarah, with that really powerful moment where she says, it's never too late to do the repair. Mm-hmm. And so it doesn't matter if your kid is a teenager, it doesn't matter if your kid is even an adult. And she gave that really interesting example. So I'd love to do this with our listeners just to think back if, you know, if you got a call today, if you got a call from your parents. And your parents called to say to you, hey, do you remember those moments in your childhood when I did this, this, or this? I want to say I'm sorry, and I want to take responsibility for the part I played in that, you know? And I thought that was really powerful where she was saying, like, that would hit all of us. It would feel good to everybody, you know? Because there are moments that are unresolved. There's ruptures that have not been healed Mm -hmm. in everybody's childhood. And it'd be really awesome to have your parents, even if you're in your 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, mm-hmm. 60s, whatever. Yeah, if they left behind a letter if they're yeah. no longer here. Yeah. She, she said if they've, if they're no longer yeah, here, you found a you letter, find a letter yes. where yeah. they said, "Hey, you know, yeah. I'm sorry." And how 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 good would that feel? You know, that mm-hmm. would feel so good to go. Oh man, it would really heal something in you, and mm-hmm. that's that's why it's so important to to do this and get in the practice of it now, to where it's just a natural part of the rupture repair 
you know, relationship. Mm -hmm. We're constantly doing that. We know the kids trust. If there is a rupture, there will be a repair. We mm -hmm. want to get into that habit. So I hope this was really helpful to you today and definitely go check out that, that Ted talk. If you want, uh, Dr. Becky Kennedy, um, and it's titled the most important parenting strategy. So uh, that will just hopefully visually give you another way of hearing it or seeing it. And so, um, Sarah and I really wanted to bring that to you. Hope it helps you in your relationship with your kid today. Please make sure you go on and like the podcast, share it, um, give us some good comments or other ideas you might have. And if you have any speaking uh, engagements you'd like us to be a part of soon, we're still scheduling those. Um, we recently finished up one at a church we did, and we've got some more coming up at other places. So would love to get your feedback on that. Thanks for listening. We appreciate you. The Art of Raising Humans podcast should not be considered or used as counseling but for educational purposes only.